0: Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine tingling. Welcome to Calm Mystery. Our selection this time The Earth Quarter by Damon Knight read by Perry F. Bruns Part seven. Siu fell in beside him and they walked back up the street. Chong killed himself about an hour ago, said the Chinese. How many does that make? Kudik thought, frozen. Six, I think, in the last two months. He had not known Chong well. The old man had been a North Country Chinese, not westernized in the least, who spoke only his own language. Now that he thought of it, Kuduk realized that he did not know who Chong's close friends had been, if he had had any. He had always been the same spare, stooped figure in skull-cap and robe, courteous, unobtrusive, self-contained. He had a family, a wife, rarely seen, and six children. Somehow Kudik felt that he would have been less surprised to hear that Mulyos had committed suicide, or Moskowitz, or even Sioux himself. "'My mistake,' he told himself. "'I allowed myself to think of Chong as an institution, not as a man.' "'Have you some whiskey?' asked Siu, abruptly. "'Yes,' said Kudik. "'Of course.' "'Let us go and drink it,' Siu said.' I'm very tired. It occurred to Kudik that he had never heard Seu say that before. They turned the corner at Athénai and climbed the stairs to his apartment. Seu sighed and dropped heavily into a chair while Kudik went to get the bottle and glasses. Straight or with water? he asked. Straight, please. Seu tilted his glass, swallowed and shuddered. Kudik watched him in silence. Selu, alone in the quarter, owned a Niori communicator, an elaborate mechanism which reproduced sound, vision in three dimensions, odors, modulated temperature changes, and several other things perceptible only to Niori. There was no restriction on their sale, and they were cheap enough, but the Niori broadcasts were as dull or as incomprehensible to men as a terrestrial breakfast program would have been to Niori. Seoul used his as a source of galactic news. Today, Kudik guessed, the news had been very bad. It's Rack, isn't it? he said finally. Seu glanced at him and nodded. Yes, it's Rack. I haven't told anyone else about it yet. The quarter's in a half-hysterical state as it is. But if you don't mind my talking it out to you, go ahead. "'said (sighs) Kudik. "'It's worse than anything we expected. "'Seo took another swallow of the whiskey and made a face. "'He said, "'They've got a hydrogen-lithium bomb. "'I was afraid of that. "'Seo went on as if he had not heard. "'But they're not using it on planets. "'They're bombing suns, Laszlo.' "'For a moment, Kudik did not understand.' Then he felt his abdominal muscles contract like a fist. They couldn't, he said hoarsely. It would explode before it got past the outer layers. Under faster-than-light drive? Sayu asked. I did some figuring. At 1000C, it would take the bomb about 2.6 thousandths of a second to travel from the surface to the center of an average G-class star. I think that is a short enough interval, but maybe it isn't. Maybe they also found some way to increase the efficiency of the standard galactic drive for short periods. Anyway, does it matter? He looked at Kudik again. I have seen the pictures. I saw it happen. Kudik's throat was dry. Which stars? he said. Torkas Ruduri That's the Oladi's son, and Gersion, those three so far. Kudyk's fingers were nervously caressing the smooth metal of his wristwatch. He looked down at it suddenly, remembering that the Oladza had made it. And now they were gone, all but their colonies and travelers on other worlds, and those who had been in space at the time. All those spidery, meticulous people, with their million-year-old culture and their cities of carved opal, wiped out as a man would swat a fly. Seu took another drink. His face flushed, and drops of sweat stood out on his forehead and cheeks. He said, they will have to learn to kill now. There isn't any alternative.' They intercepted one of the new Earth ships and sprayed it with the stasis field. It didn't work. The ship got away. They'll have to learn to kill. Do you know what that means? Yes. Sue drank again. His face was fiery red now, and he was gasping for breath. I can't get drunk, he said bitterly. Toxic reaction... I thought I'd try once more, but it's no good. Laszlo, look out. I'm going to be sick. Kudyk led him to the lavatory. When he came out, the Chinese was weak and waxen pale. Kudyk tried to persuade him to rest on the bed, but he refused. I've got to get back to my office, he said. Been gone too long already. Help me down the stairs, will you, Laszlo? Kudyk walked him as far as Brazil and Washington, where two of Seou's young men took over with voluble expressions of gratitude. Kudik watched the group until it disappeared into the town hall. He could feel nothing but an arid depression. Even the horror at Rack's mass murders, even his pity for Seou was blunted, sealed off at the back of his mind. The lives of saints, Kudik remembered, spoke of boundless compassion infinite pity. But an ordinary man had a limited supply. When it was used up, you were empty and impotent, a cancelled sign in the human equation. Half instinctively, half by choice, Kudyk had chosen his friends among the strongest and most patient, the wise and cynical, the survivors. He had leaned too much on their strength, he realized now, He had seen Seu crumble, and he felt as if a crutch had broken under his weight. That evening he opened his shutters and looked out at the sky. The familiar constellations were there, unchanged. The light of the nearest star took more than three years to reach Palumbar. But in his mind's eye, one glittering pinpoint exploded suddenly into a dreadful blossom of radiance, "'then another, then a third. "'And he saw the blackened corpses of planets "'swinging around each, "'murdered by that single flash of incredible heat. "'During the night he dreamed of a black wasteland "'and of Rack standing motionless in the center of it, "'brooding, with his cold gray face turned to the stars. "'It was Kudik's birthday,' He had never told anyone in the quarter the date and had all but forgotten it himself. This morning, feeling an idle desire to know what the season was on earth, he had hunted up a calendar he had last used twenty years ago. It translated the Nyori system into Gregorian years, months, and days. The result, when he had worked it out with some little trouble, was February 18th. He was fifty-six. Now he was constrained to wonder whether the action had been as random as it seemed. Was it possible that subconsciously he had no need of the calendar? That he had kept track, all these years, and had known when his birthday came? If so, why had he felt it necessary to remind himself in this oblique way? A return to the womb? A hunger for the comforts of the family circle? The birthday cake, candles, the solace of yearly repetition? Kudik was fifty-six. When he had been fifty-five, he had thought of himself as a man in his middle years, still strong, still able. Now he was old. The same thing had happened to Seu. He had recovered from his first shock when the news had come about Rack, and for more than three weeks now he had moved about the quarter "'as quiet and as competent as before. "'But there was a difference. "'His swift, furtive humour was gone except for rare flashes. "'His voice and his step were heavy. "'It was the same with all of them, all the old settlers. "'Kudyk had met Burgess on the street the day before, "'for the first time in several weeks, "'and had been genuinely shocked.' The man's hair was white, his skin papery, his gait stumbling. Even Exarchos showed the change. More and more of his gray, woolly hair was vanishing. The umber crescents under his eyes were a deeper shade, almost black. The quarter's graveyard was five acres of ground, surrounded by trees on the outskirts of the city, there, the dead reclined in a more ample space than the living enjoyed the Niori had allotted the ground though the outline of the city was thereby disfigured, and had contributed slabs of a synthetic stone which carved easily when it was fresh, later hardening until it would resist any edged tool. The plot was ill-tended, but the standing stones, translucent pearl or rose, had a certain beauty to the Niori. The purpose of the graveyard was only that. They were not equipped to understand mankind's morbid clinging to its own carrion. Kudik had gone to Chong's funeral, presided over by Lee Yuk, the asthmatic little Buddhist priest, and the image of those ranked headstones, neatly separated into the Orthodox, the Protestants, the Buddhists, the Taoists, and the unbelievers, had returned to him many times since. It was another sign of the change that was taking place in him. The images which formerly had dominated his mind had been pictographs of abstractions, the great globe of infinity, the tiny spark that was creative intellect. Now they were the pale headstone and the dark curtain of death. He had felt nothing standing over Chung's grave and watching the sod fall. What is there to say about a man when he is dead? The priest's words were false, as all such words are false. They had no relevance. The man was dead. Nothing was left of him now but the dissolving molecules of his flesh and the fragmentary, ego-distorted memories he had planted in the minds of others. He was a name written in water. It was not Chong who obsessed Kudik. Or the many other half-remembered men and women whose names were clumsily carved on those stones. It was the cemetery as a symbol, the fascination of the yawning void. Kudyk had one other preoccupation. He thought often of Earth, a dark globe turning, black continents dim against the grey ocean, pricked by a few faint gleams that were cities. OR IF HE THOUGHT OF THE CITIES, HE SAW THEM TOO DROWNED IN SHADOW, THE SHAPES OF TOWER AND ARCH MELTING INTO NIGHT PATTERNS, MOONLIGHT FALLING FAINTLY, DISSOLVING WHAT IT TOUCHED, SO THAT SHADOWS BECAME AS SOLID STONE, STONE AS INSUBSTANTIAL MIST, FOR EARTH, ALSO, WAS A SYMBOL OF DEATH. THERE HAD BEEN NO MORE SUICIDES SINCE CHONG HAD DIED, AND NO RIOTS. It seemed to Kudik that the whole quarter moved like himself through a fluid heavier than air. All motion had slowed, and sounds came muted and without resonance. People spoke to him, and he answered, but without attention, as if they were not really there. Even the recent news about Rak's defeat had stirred him only momentarily, and he had seen in Seu's face that the Chinese felt himself somehow inadequate to the tale even as he told it. The galactic fleet, vastly expanded, had met Rack's activist forces with a new weapon, one indeed which did not kill, but which was shameful enough to a citizen of the galaxy. The weapon projected a field which scrambled the synapse patterns in the brain, leaving its victim incapable of any of the processes of coherent thought, incapable of adding two figures, of lighting a cigarette or of aiming a torpedo. Eleven New Earth ships had been captured, and it was thought that these were all the activists' armed vessels. There had been no further attacks since then. He did not believe that anything which could now possibly happen could rouse him from his apathy. But he had forgotten one possibility. Su came to him in Chong Yins, where Yins' eldest son Fu moved in his father's place, and said, Rack wasn't taken. He's here. You've just listened to Part 7 of The Earth Quarter by Damon Knight here on Calm Mystery. Join us next time to hear Rack's after-action report. Calm Mystery is a Murder Mystery Company production, part of American Immersion Theater, Scott Crampton, executive producer. Our editor is Audra Schildhaus. If you enjoy Calm Mystery, please take the time to rate us and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. It helps spread the word, and the comments let us know what you like and how we can improve. While you're at it, tell a friend who enjoys a good story. Or even an enemy if you need a distraction. And subscribe if you haven't already. That way you won't miss an episode. They'll download to your device when you least expect it. In the meantime, stay calm. Mystery is everywhere. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM, C-A-L-M. $20 off your own Murder Mystery Party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.